Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good to us. Amen. God is good to us. We want to make some announcements now. I want to remind you of Brother Mark's being here. He will be here Sunday morning and Sunday night of next week. We will be having two services next week. And uh, I know it's also a holiday. I am aware of that. And uh, you that can be here, we do appreciate your faithfulness to the house of God. I want you to be inviting people. Uh, I tell you what, the house of the Lord would be one of the safest places you can be on New Year's night. And uh, for somebody that's used to partying on New Year's night, bring them to a Holy Ghost party. Amen. Let's see God do something great for us. And uh, I tell you, that would be a great way to advertise it, a Holy Ghost party on New Year's Day. And we're going to have a great time with the Lord. I believe God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So remember that. And uh, that will be uh, next Sunday. Tonight there will be no service. And Wednesday night there will be no service. No midweek service this week. Uh, starting back Sunday we will be back on regular schedule. And uh, so take this week. And uh, I know it was uh, very difficult for you today. And uh, so take the whole week. Have a great time with your family. And uh, we'll see you back here again uh, Sunday morning. New Year's Eve. There will be a New Year's Eve party over in the gym starting at 7 o'clock Saturday. And uh, so all who are interested in that, it will be for all age groups. No age group on this. Anybody that would like to come, we ask you to bring some food with you, whatever you would like to eat, sandwiches, chips, uh, hot sauce, uh, T-bone steak, just put my name on that, and uh, whatever uh, you would like to bring, bring enough for your family, and uh, we're going to put it all together and have a great time of fellowship and fun uh, Saturday. I encourage all the young people to be there. Um, if you're not with your family, it'll be a safe place for you to be, so be there at the gym. We're going to have a great time. So uh, that will be going until a little after midnight, and we won't stay up all night long, thank God, because we'll be having church again Sunday morning. So remember those announcements, and uh, we remember the needs that we have to pray for and ask God to help us and strengthen us. And I pray that God's protecting hand will be over each and every one of us as we travel this week, wherever you may be going, whatever you may be doing, and uh, God will bring us back to His house safe. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Psalms chapter number 27. Psalms chapter number 27. Psalms chapter number 27, we'll be reading three passages of Scripture there, starting at verse number 1, and uh, see what the Lord would have for us in the house of God today. And uh, I must tell you, I'm excited about uh, all of you being here today. Uh, when, when services fall on holidays such as this, it makes it kind of difficult making the decision of what to do, and, and uh, you can't make everybody happy in whatever decision you make. Uh, you'll find that out in e any leadership role. Um, but making a decision on what to do, I just felt very uncomfortable by dismissing the whole Sunday uh, uh, church 
And uh, I feel like we made the right decision by the show of people that is here today. So let's have church. Amen. Amen. Let's have church. Whatever you need, God's got it today. Amen. Psalms chapter 27, verse number 1. The Bible said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. Lord bless you. Why don't you put your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voice and ask God to help us today. God, we need your help. We need your anointing. We need your strength. God, speak to us in this place today. You see every person that is in your house to worship, to praise, and to magnify your name. I pray that you would bless your people today. Bless our ears, bless our hearts, our spirits, to hear, to understand, and get the knowledge of your word. To you we give you praise and glory and honor. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah! Somebody shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph today. Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. I've got a very catchy title today of what I would like to talk about and uh, speak to you for a few moments about. And uh, it should... uh, I try to get something that would try, that would uh, make an impression on your mind. And uh, so be ready for this title. Very catchy title. What I am preaching about this morning is Psalms chapter 27. (laughs) That's pretty catchy right there. Amen. As I was reading uh, uh, a little while ago or, or a few days ago, I was reading Psalms chapter 27. It was part of my reading, uh, daily reading, and uh, I was reading, and uh, it just struck me of the things that uh, King David was writing about and uh, the things that he was discussing here, and I got to looking into Psalms chapter 27. David was, the Bible tells us, that he was a man after God's own heart. Long before David was ever king over God's people, uh, the children of Israel, before he ever rose to uh, be a king, he was first a little shepherd boy. And uh, he growed in, you know, up into a shepherd man. He was not one of the prized possessions that, of sons, collection of sons that Jesse had. Uh, the reason why I say that is because that when Samuel came to anoint a king out of the household of Jesse, David was not present there, but he brought every other son before him uh, first. And then uh, Samuel would look and say, surely this is the man. He's a big, strong, healthy, good-looking man. He looks right. He's physically fit for uh, kingship. But God would say, no, that's not the man. When he got to the end, 
even to the end. Jesse was not bringing any more sons before him. And Samuel knew that that God had called him to Jesse's house. And so when he got to the end, uh, he looked at Jesse and he says, do you not have another son? And he said, oh, yes, I got one more son, but that son's David. And uh, David is a little different than my other boys. And, uh, you know, he, he's got a little different attitude, a little different spirit. Uh, he's got a little different job than anyone else. Uh, we put him over on the backside of the hill to take care of the sheep because he kind of relates with them. And, uh, but, but see what, what Jesse did not know and, and even, uh, Samuel did not know at this time. And, uh, none of David's brothers could even recognize that when he got demoted to tend to the sheep on the backside of the hill really was his promotion to where he was going to go. So I, I want to remind you today that when life seems sometimes to demote you, God could be promoting you. Amen. Everything that happens to us that seems bad, that seems like destruction, that seems like trouble, is not always something bad happening to us. God could be moving us from one place to where God wants us to be in another place. That when when our job falls through, God could be bringing us to something better. When uh, we cannot pay our house note, God may be bringing us through to something better. When it seems like nothing will work right for us, it could be God's way of telling us there is a better way. What you need to find out and make sure is that you are in the will and the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Now, now the Bible tells us that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord, who are the called according to His purpose. Now, if you're not living for God and you're not serving God and you might be running from God and running from what God would have you to be and things are not going right, I'm going to tell you why they're not going right. Because I'm praying that they won't go right. Amen. Your mama's praying that they don't go right. Amen. Your family's praying that they don't go right, that God will bring you back to the place that you need to be. Amen. That's what I prayed, that when I drive down the street, I'll pray that God would some way get a hold of somebody's heart and somebody's soul, whatever it takes, God. Amen. Whatever you have to do, God, shake them and wake them up, but don't let them die lost. Amen. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that you don't have to die lost. That you don't have to go to hell. Nobody has to go to hell. But you can be saved. Amen. So David being a little different and uh, a little odd in the face of his brothers and uh, even his daddy. And even Samuel, but something clicked when he stepped into the room and God told Samuel, that's the man. 
That's the man. So David wrote many psalms. David fought for his life against the adversary that was trying to take his life. A man that was anointed by God. A man that was king over God's people. Chased him like he was a wild animal through the fields and through the forest and through the mountains. And it seemed like David's life was one problem right after the other. But he had this to say, that the Lord is still my light. Amen. As long as you've got God on your side, everything is going to be all right. Because David said, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Amen. I will put my trust in Him. The Bible tells us what He says and then the commentaries break it down that there was ten things in verses 1, 2, and 3 that David was making reference to. Number one, the Lord is my light. Number two, He is my salvation. Number three, He is my trust. Number four, He is my strength. Number five, He is my life. Number six, He is my confidence. Number seven, He is my protector from the wicked. Number eight, He is my protector from mine enemies. Number nine, He is a refuge from the multitudes. Number ten, He is my help in war. David was saying here in three short verses of Scripture what God meant to him. And I come to tell you today that God means the same thing to each and every one of us. If we would allow God, God would be your light in the midst of a dark night. If you would allow God, God would be your salvation on a stormy sea of sin. If you would allow God, God is someone that you can put your trust in. Amen. People put their trust in horses. People put their trust in chariots. People put their trust in elections. People put their trust in their bank accounts. People put their trust in their job. People put their trust in their relationship. Amen. But I come to tell you today, if you will but put your trust in God, you will never be disappointed because God will never fail you. Life will cause you problems. Life will send you heartache. People will disappoint you. But God is someone who will never, ever disappoint you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have, I have planned and uh, I have read about and I have got excited about going to places on, on vacation that I had never been, but I only heard about. And I had looked at pictures and I had studied it out. And when I got there, I looked around and said, is this all there is to it? I've been thinking about this for years. I've been wanting to do this all my life. And this is all there is to it. Amen. I can remember my daddy telling me I, I heard about the Grand Canyon and I, I like different things like that. 
And uh, it always amazed me, and I always wanted to see it, but evidently it didn't impress my daddy. Because I asked him, I said, why don't we go to the Grand Canyon? Because he loved the Royal Gorge, and it ain't a drop in the bucket to the Grand Canyon. He said, son, said all it is is a big hole in the ground. I drove all the way out there. And when I got there, I seen a big old hole in the ground. There wasn't anything to see. But I'd always wanted to go. So one time, I was preaching out west, and we made a trip through there. And I said, I'm going to go see the Painted Desert, and I'm going to go see the Grand Canyon. And I stopped at the Grand Canyon, and I was so excited. And I walked up, and to me, it was much more than just a big hole in the ground. Amen. I didn't go, wow, big hole in the ground. I went, wow. I didn't know it was going to be so big. I was looking for a little hole in the ground. But there has been places that I've been that I said, my goodness. Restaurants that I've been to that I'd heard about. And I say, my goodness, is this all there is to it? Because life will let you down. No matter how much... You paid for that vehicle. No matter how excited you was about it the day that you bought it, it will eventually wear out and break down and it'll leave you on the side of the road. The new will wear off. But let me tell you about something that I have found in God. That when they told me about God from a very young age... I heard about it all my life. But when I experienced God, and God forgave me of my sins, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, amen, and I was able to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. I found something that I could put my trust in. I found something that was real. It was better to me than what they told me it was going to be. It's been better to me than what anybody ever explained to me it was going to be. I'm thankful that I have found something that is genuine. I can put my trust in Him. Amen. David was never even able to experience the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But still, he said, I I can put my trust in God. I can't put my trust in King Saul. I love Jonathan, but, but Jonathan can let me down. I love my family, but my family can let me down. But I can put my trust in the Lord. I come to tell you today, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you're facing right now, you can put your trust in God. A lot of people's got their trust in Donald Trump. Hope you didn't have your trust in the other one. But, but a lot of people's got their trust in Donald Trump. And I'm, I don't know. I hope he does good. But I want to tell you, he's going to let you down. Don't think that he's going to be able to turn this ship around overnight. Amen. Don't think that he's going to be able to work miracles. There's not but one that can work miracles. That it doesn't matter what the economy does. God's still good. It doesn't matter what 
the politician says, I can still put my trust in the Lord. That's the reason why I can smile on a rainy day. Because I don't have my trust in the weather. I have my trust in God. Amen. Amen. Some people put their trust in. Well, if everything goes well, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good day. Everything's fine. And they can shout and they can jump and they can buck and they can hoop and they can holler. But you let something not go their way or a problem affect their life. And then they lose their joy, lose their faith and lose their... That's the reason why this goes on in life. People has never put their trust in God. Amen. You've got to realize that when I put my trust in God, God's there when I don't even feel Him. Oh, hallelujah. Give me something I can feel. Give me something I can see. Give me something I can touch. But when I can't see Him, when I can't feel Him, I've got my trust in there. And i got my trust in God. And He told me in His Word that I'll never leave you. That I'll never forsake you. But I'll go with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. So when I can't see Him, and when I can't feel Him, and when I don't know where He is physically, I know where He is spiritually, I can say, God, He is there in the good times, and God is there in the bad times. Amen. He is my strength. He is my strength. When I feel like I can't go on, Another day. And you that are have suffered the loss of a loved one this year. You gather around the table in a few moments. And that person is not there. There's an empty chair. And you wonder, my Lord, how can I go on? You can remember this, what David wrote. In the wilderness by himself. He said, He is my strength. He is still my strength. He is still my strength. He is still my strength. With God, how come I have to go through the loss and the grief and the heartache that I'm suffering through? Amen. I can't understand and I can't explain all the ins and the outs about life. But this one thing I can tell you today, and we can be assured of, that when you keep your faith and your trust in God, He will be your strength. The fifth thing that David said is, God is my life. That's what's wrong with so many people today is God is no longer their life. God is a second thought. God becomes a choice when there is nowhere else to turn. Amen. God becomes a second thought instead of, like David said, God is my life. Even when you're in a cave, even when it's the blackest of black of night, God is my life. The sixth thing he said is, God 
is my confidence. When I feel like everything is crumbled around me, I still have confidence in God. The Lord, He said the seventh thing. He said He is a protector from the wicked. Woo! He is a protector from the wicked. He is a protector from mine enemies. You know the person on the job that's trying to get you in trouble? You know the person that's trying to take your place? You know the person that's always ridiculing? You know the person that's always backbiting? You know the person that's always trying to destroy your self-confidence and your confidence in God? You know the teacher that don't like God and don't like your stance for God? You know those who would criticize you and make fun of you? God is your protector from the wicked. God will protect you from the adversary. And then when it goes on down, God will protect you from the adversary of your soul. Amen. When the devil comes in like the flood, God will raise up a standard against him. God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. But he will stand up and protect his church. Amen. He is a refuge from the multitudes. He is a refuge from the multitudes. He's a place that I can go into when the stress level is so high. He's a place that I can run to when I feel like I cannot survive another day. He is a refuge from the multitude. The tenth thing is, He is a help in the time of war. How many has ever fought a battle? Oh, some of you haven't, but you're going to. Amen. How many has ever been in a real, real, just down-out, dirty war with the adversary? When he's pushing you up against the wall. Amen. I've told you this before and I'll tell you again. Uh, a man there in Stuttgart, when he was in the world, he was in a, in a club or something and got in an argument with some guys and two or three guys backed him up against the wall, was shoving him up against the wall. And he said, man, said, I was scared out of my mind. I thought they was going to kill me that night. And they had me shoved up in the corner. He's a grown man. He wasn't too small of a man either. And uh, said they was just work me over. He said, and I got to, I, I was scared. He said, I, I got to crying and I got to shaking and I, I got to trembling all over. He said, they... They thought I'd lost my mind. I, I was scared out of my mind. And he said, they, they looked at me and said, oh, said, look at him. He, he's scared. He's crying. He said, and I was shaking and quivering and my voice was quivering. He said, yeah, I said, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm crying because I'm thinking about what I'm about to do to you three guys. You better get out of here and leave me alone. And said, so they started backing up. I want to tell you, when you get back in a spiritual corner and the devil's pushing 
pushing you against the wall. Amen. You need to cry out, I'm scared, all right. I'm scared about what God is about to do to you. God is on my side. God is on my side. God is on my side. Clap your hands under the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Amen. They stumbled and fell. They say, the commentary says that this is the 20th prophecy already in the book of Psalms. After just 27 chapters, David and his mighty men had already written about 27 different prophecies. Amen. It was a fulfillment. Amen. Of what was to come. He said that when they come against me, when my foes came against me, I looked at them and they were warring with me. And all of a sudden they started stumbling and falling to each side. Why? Because God is a God that you can call on in the time of war. God is a God that you can call on in the time of trouble. He's not just a good time friend. He's an on time friend. He's not just a good time God. He's an all the time God. Amen. What I would like to finish with this morning as they come to the music, just about ready to close in the next 30 minutes or so. Amen. Verse number four, he says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. Can anybody tell me the next line behind that? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. After he's found out the Lord is his light, the Lord is my salvation, the Lord is my trust, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my life, the Lord is my confidence, the Lord is my protector from the wicked, the Lord is my protector from the enemies, the Lord is my refuge from the multitude, the Lord is my help in the time of war. After all these troubles and trials and distresses, After all these problems, persecution, he said, I've got a burning desire to dwell in the house of God until my death. It's amazing to me the first thing that people allow the devil to convince them. When they start going through a trial and they start facing heartache in their life, I'll stay away from the church. Don't go to church tonight. But David said, when I'm in this cave, I'm still longing to get to the house of God. 
When I can't go for the enemy that's surrounding me, I still got a burning desire in my spirit. I got to get to the house of God. Why? Because he realized it was the house of God. It was the temple. It was the palace. It was translated temple, uh, reminding them of the tabernacle of worship in the wilderness. In the sense it could be understood in many scriptures that this temple was in Jerusalem is clear from Psalms chapter 68 and verse 29. The word is also used of God's temple in heaven. But let me, let me show you something that changed. Something that changed through time. It began to where it was no longer called the house of God or the house of the Lord. But you start looking in the Bible and it became the temple that Solomon built. The temple that Herod built. Somewhere through time, people lost the importance of dwelling in the house of God. It becomes just another place of fellowship. Don't ever refer to this church as being Homer Looper's church. It's not Homer Looper's church. I just happen to be the pastor here. This is your church. This is the house of God. That's the reason why we respect it. It's not just a place that we come to fellowship, but it's a place that we run to when we're in trouble. It's a place that we can come to when we're hurting. It's a place that we can come to when we're sick. It's a place we can come to when we don't have nowhere else to go as God. Let me get to your house. There should be something in our spirit. Amen. I was kind of raised like the comedian that once said that you just go to church. No matter what they was having at church, if they was having it at church, you just go to church. He said when he would be sick. Said he'd tell his daddy, said, I'm sick. And he said, well, you need to go throw up and prove it. And said he'd go to the restroom and throw up to prove he was sick. And he said, now, don't you feel better? Let's go on to church. I can remember him bringing me to church, laying me on the pew all wrapped up. My daddy said, what better place to be healed than in the house of God? But you see, somewhere in our life, it has become just Solomon's temple. It's lost its glory. It's lost its shine. It's lost its appearance to us. Do you remember the day that you was filled with the Holy Ghost? You got upset because they wasn't having church on Monday night. We can't have church Monday night. 
And now if you call service Monday night, my Lord, what's wrong with that crazy guy? Has he lost his mind on Monday night? He can't have church. Everybody knows how Monday is. Oh, it's quiet now, but I'm trying to make a point. If we're not very careful, it becomes so-and-so's church. Instead of, it's the house of God. The reason why you don't want to dwell there is because it's just Solomon's temple. But David said, no, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may inquire of the Lord in His temple. That I could just stay there all the days of my life. A lot of people's looking for a way out of the church, not me. A lot of people's looking for an excuse to backslide and get out of the church, not me. A lot of people, young people's waiting till I turn 18 and I can get away from the church, not me. Let me in the house of God. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, God, don't kick me out of the church. Whatever you do, God, don't lock the doors on me. Whatever you do, it's a place where I come to get my joy back. I can't make it without the church. Let's all stand. I can't survive in this world without the church. Amen. There's been times that we dismiss church. Tonight, tonight will seem so odd. It won't seem like Sunday at all because we're not going to church on Sunday night. But there's been times I've been gone away from home. And Sunday come around and there's just something in my spirit tells me today's the day to be in the house of God. Amen. Now, I don't think it's any different, really, in coming to church on Sunday or Monday. We could have two church services on Monday. Be the same thing, but it's a time of the weekend that everyone is off. And it's just in our chemical makeup. If I don't, man, I don't know how people stay home from church. How do you ever get used to it? But I think I've got the revelation. It becomes just Solomon's temple. It's just the temple Solomon built. And it's no longer the house of God. David realized, I may be in a wilderness, God. I may be in a desert place, God. I may be out in the middle of nowhere, God. But my desire is to be in the house of the Lord. My heart may be cold. The devil might have thrown a roadblock in my way and I've stumbled and fell through the week. But God, let me get back to your house. I may be a long way from you, God, but some way, if I could get back to the house of God, if I could get to that altar one more time, if I could lift my hands up to heaven one more time, if I could feel that feeling again. Let's all lift our hands and pray right now. Hallelujah. 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 God will be your everything. But you've always got to remember, it's His house. I want to dwell in His house. I want to be in His house.
It can never become Solomon's temple. It can never become a temple that Herod built. It can never become my mama's church, my daddy's church. But it's always got to be my place that I go to worship. Hallelujah. Would you like to step out from where you're standing? Make your way to this front. Lift your hands toward heaven. Oh, that I could dwell in your house, Lord. That I could dwell in your house, Lord. That I could dwell in your house, Lord. Help me, Holy Ghost. Backslider, get back into the house of God. If you're here and don't know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you must repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's for you today. Hallelujah. Oh, I found Him to be a true God. Hallelujah. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Help us today. Take it for the mountains, and I take it for the valleys, and I take it for the storms He's brought me through. Hallelujah. Help for us today, God. For if I never God. had a problem, Help us today, God. I wouldn't know Help He could stop Him. And Your I never today, know what faith Your in God today, could do. Your mercy today, God. Your Who grace today, God. Hallelujah. Who Help us, Holy Ghost. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Sing it from your heart, God. I've learned to trust in God. Oh. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord together. God, I praise You. I worship You. I thank You, Lord, because You are so real to me. You've been so good to me. You've been so merciful to me, God. You are my help. You are my strength. You are my everything. You are my all and my all, God. I love you today, God. I lift up your name today, God.